God wants you to prosper, not somebody else, not someone down the street, but he wants you to prosper. He promises to be our exceeding great reward. God has a great plan for you. Third John, verse two, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Shanta Hayes, and this is Heart to Heart Truth. And I am so excited that you're going to be here with me. But guess who I have today? I've got such an awesome guest today for this episode. I have none other than Dr. Sharon Cannon. And Dr. Cannon is, she is a soldier for the Lord. So hear that clearly. She is a soldier. She walks it. She talks it. She teaches it. She is a motivator. She's a businesswoman. She's a speaker. And I am so privileged to have her today with me talking about her book, Women of the Bible, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then and now. And I want to make sure that we get right into it. So Dr. Cannon, would you like to go ahead and just say hello to the audience today and welcome them? Tell them a little bit about yourself, if you would. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so glad to have this opportunity. It's, it's so exciting. So you've got this soldier and she's marching to a different beat in 2021. Amen. And you know what? I'm hoping that we will take a lot of women along with us and a lot of men will purchase as well in order to help their women, their sisters, their mothers, um, and their spouses to get to that next level as well. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to really deep dive into it. But at the very beginning, let me say this. She has written this awesome book. It is definitely an intriguing book. It'll keep you on your toes. It summarizes everything about the women of the Bible, because there's a lot of women in the Bible. And there's a lot that we can take from them, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. Um, but what I noticed that um, she's told me about her book is that the target audience is for anyone who is interested in reading and wants this exciting book. And so that's what I'm excited about too, because I know going in, that many of us are always trying to find something that we can study, someone that we can, you know, emulate and to be a better, have a better opportunity to have our devotions just mean something and hear from God as we are learning even the more. So I'm excited about this. So let me just say at the very beginning, go get the book on Amazon. It's Women of the Bible, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly by Dr. Sharon Cannon. Just before we jump on in here, and we're going to talk a little bit, but I promise you we're not going to touch everything. So you're going to want to go get this book. I promise you, you're going to have a great time with it. And I'm looking forward to my audience being able to do that. So Dr. Sharon, let's see. Let me ask you a question. Why did you write this book? I kept thinking in this seminary where I am, it's nothing but men. What can I talk about, you know, that's going to challenge when I have to defend this? And I thought that I would do it on women of the Bible. I had read the other books, Bad Girls of the Bible and things like that. But I thought, wait a minute, I want to do something about the women back then. And I want to tell something about them now. 
So how can I do that? That I wanted to show how women, even in an environment of a seminary, uh, that it's more male dominated. So yeah. I knew that I'd be challenged as a woman. It is. Now, let me ask you this. Even in today's day and age, it, there is an importance for us to speak to the women, um, to speak to the encouragement and to remind them that, you know, God says in his word that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. He says that he has placed in these earthen vessels, his treasure, and we are earthen vessels. Now, I know I had one of those experiences the first time I went to a Bible conference where they separated the men from the women. And Whoa. you're not expected to do the, the Bible study, to pull out your Strong's Concordance, to know all the details, to get the difference between the Greek and the Hebrew and all of that. They don't expect that. And yes, we have had some women be our trailblazers, if you would, that are on the platforms nowadays. But we're still seeing in some churches where women aren't allowed to step foot in the pulpit. And I want from this, at least minimally, I want the women to hear up front that you have to know who you are. Because I remember that conference that I went to and I was sitting, now I tell my story here, I was sitting in the middle of one of the classes and it was on methods of Bible study. You know, of course it was not a seminary, it was just a conference. And so they were generally going through tense voice and mood and things of that sort. And the professor or the person who was teaching looks at me, points his finger and goes, I'm gonna go ahead and shoot this smoking gun. Women should not be teaching. And he was pointing right at me. Now, this was many, many years ago now, because I acknowledged my call back in 2001, but I was sitting there like, okay, you know, I'm dumbfounded. My mouth is like, what? And everybody went to lunch that day. And I said, no, I'm not going to lunch. I went to my hotel room. I got on that floor on my knees. I said, Lord, we need to have a little talk because I need to understand. I, I know I heard you call me. I know I heard what you wanted me to do, but this person is saying, you know, and our self-esteem is so fragile when it comes to that, if, especially if we don't have somebody that's backing us up saying no. Um, and at that time, I hadn't looked at Deborah in the Bible. I hadn't paid attention to the <laughs> prophetess or, you know, what we were really doing. But that shook me. But I remember what he said to me on that floor, in that hotel room in mm -hmm. California. Mm -hmm. God said, I'm sovereign. I pick who I want to use. And that's what I want our, our, our listen, my listeners to know. And anybody else who's listening, you've got to know that if God's called you to it, be that's motivated right. to keep doing it stay there. Don't, yeah. don't let it shake you. So I am glad you were conferred. I'm excited about that. I flipped my thesis into a book because mm -hmm. it gave me an opportunity to go back and to research in those 10 years from when I had written that book, how I had changed. Oh, and it gave me a chance because of the different chapters that I have in the book to change some information. Some of it was outdated and 
there be things that you'll read in the book that tells you how to get more apps on your phone to get things when you're doing devotion, you know. So I kind of got excited when I had to redo it, but I also had to rethink what I did. And during that time, I know that my mom had seen the rough draft of the thesis and my dad had read it, but it was interesting with other individuals that when the book came out, they asked me, uh, were you talking about me in that book? Oh, yes. Oh, because the scenarios when I would name about a woman, you know, uh, for instance, uh, I, I, I know that my mom, it's a section that had the Christian woman and it tells about a Christian mother, how she will do anything to protect her children. And I just shared that we will get on our knees and I even shared personal things. I almost lost my house because my son had gotten in trouble and all I had to put up for collateral was my house. And um, my mom, when she read that, she instantly thought I was talking about her, you know, (laughs) what she had done for my brother at one time. And I went, no, you know. Now so I read that, but I didn't connect it that maybe you had done that. I just said, hmm, that's a general thing that a lot of Christian women do. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, they don't even have to be Christian to do that. <laughs> to do that. <laughs> right, so, but wow. So yeah, there's personal tidbits in there too. I like it. Yeah, and that helped tremendously. Um, I did have a male friend that made a comment about you were a little harsh on David with Bathsheba. I said, excuse me, you know, (laughs) he says, well, uh, you know, he was the king, so he should have been able to have anything he wanted. You know, and I kind of lost it. I said, well, you know, he already had enough concubines and stuff. I said, "He, he was looking at somebody else's stuff over there, you know? But he was still the king. I said, oh, no, I disagree. You know, so. Asking what did God say about it? Right. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm, you know. So I- I I love it. I love it. With my men, you know, I I love my males that have, and they did. Many of them bought it for their wives or their sisters or their mothers. I've even had one. And because I do have it on audio, because so many of my seniors, they can't read anymore. That's excellent. That's good to know too. So they can get the audio as well as, I know it's an ebook also. And so whatever method is going to work best for you, I think this is awesome. Yeah. Even touching on the men, I think it's good for them to read, to see where some of, where women come from. Yes. You know, whether it's a self-esteem issue, whether it's that nurturing aspect that we have, we want our men to be sensitive enough to us. You know, the Bible says that you're supposed to learn your wife. You you should take this opportunity. So don't limit it. If you're a male listening to this or watching this, please don't think that we're saying that you're excluded. You definitely want to know about the women in the Bible as well. We want to know the Bible from cover to cover as best as we can. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, let's get into some of the meat though, Sharon. I am so interested. There's some good things because I want my listeners to be able to take something away that they need to be able to do. And there's some great examples in the Bible. 
excellent examples. Um, so let's just start with Ruth. Oh boy, she was a good girl. Yes, she was a good girl. And we want to start with the good girls, okay? So those good girls out there, Ruth, of course, you know the story from Ruth and Naomi and, you know, she followed her and, you know, she was right behind. And we all know that one passage that says, your God's going to be my God. Where you go, I'm going to go. All of that. And we really see her commitment. And so my question, and yes, it should be something that we're aspiring to today, but have you seen a waning in the commitment that we see from women today as it relates to our relationship with God as well as our relationship with others? I'm hurt more so from married couples because of the in-law situation. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned even in the, well, in the book, how committed, as you said, that, you know, Naomi was so special and she could have turned her back and said, you going back home like Oprah did with her family, but Mm -hmm. she didn't. When um, Ruth told her, your people going to be my people, you know, so, hey, I'm going with you. And I like that because it showed that she had a commitment to her and she knew that she was going to be responsible, you know, for helping her in the future. And she didn't even know it at that time, but that's how she met Boaz, you know, and the information that she gave her. And I look at her as a mother-in-law back then, how she treated her, what she taught her, the women of today they don't have that much. They are considered not mother-in-laws, they're considered monster-in-laws. Yes. And uh, most of them refer it that way. And that bothers me because there's a commitment that when you get married, you merely marry that whole family. You do. You know? You do. We don't, sit, we don't seem to value like we really should no. the relationships that we have an opportunity to be a part of. So they're either monster-in-laws or they're outlaws yes. <laughs> or something like that. And that's wrong. You know, you're right. Um, I don't think we necessarily take the time to truly be invested, if you would, right. before we get married and see it truly as a covenant relationship mm-hmm. and stay in it. Um, we're so easy to con- treat it like a contract and we walk away, we... And we don't take the time to see what that other person has gone through because they're the sum total of their experiences of the past as well as their current environment. And, you know, we don't know what we're walking into sometimes. That's right. But no, if we do, we should be committed, right? Yes, definitely. (laughs) And I just appreciate the type of woman that Naomi was described as, you know, to know that, Ruth, and we understand that Jesus came from the lineage of yep. Ruth, you know, so that's important too, to that's know that cool. even way back then, it was setting an example of what families should be. Mm. Definitely. Good. I like that. That's, that's real good. We're going to have to make sure we put that in the show notes. You guys need to be committed to family, family first. Yes. Um, but now let's go back to that first family. Let's go back to Eve now, because she's a bad girl. Yeah, first lady was a bad girl. (laughs) Yes, she was. (laughs) And I I don't know, when I wrote that, I seemed to um, ruffle some feathers with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I just had to explain to them, because she knew 
good from bad. And they were like, no, nah, no. Nah. I said, oh, she was, she was tempted. And I said, because she was the first lady, she set an example that if you listen to others and you act as if you can't distinguish right from wrong when you know you've been told. I mean, we knew as children, don't put your hand on that stove, it'll burn you. But no, one of us had to go try it. Mm-hmm. And you learned. And it, it's just like that today, that phrase of uh, the devil made me do it, that type thing. You know, people always have an excuse for that. But when somebody tempts you, I still have this phrase of saying, just say no. That's that's good. That's exactly what I wanted us to take from that, too, is to just say no. But, you know, in the midst of it, when you look at Eve, that rebellion, that mm-hmm. lack of submission to authority. Oh, yeah. Know, or even within the home, because, you know, ladies, we can take a lot from that. You know, yes, God says that he is over everything, but then it puts the husband above the wife. Right. Just just in authority, not saying mm-hmm. that you're not as good, not saying that you don't have the brains and you you can't make, you know, suggestions or things of that sort. You should be, it should be a team. It definitely should be a team effort. Oh, well, she made a team effort because she oh. got Adam on over there and said, now, hey, you know. But he was on. standing right there with her now. So let's yeah. go because some people yeah. try to say she did it on her own. Thank you. But he was sitting right there. If you read it, you read it right. He was standing right there, but she did usurp his authority. She did. And in so doing, now the rest of us got to go through childbearing with some pain. Pain. <laughs> and but uh, but oh animal slick, you know, that woman that you gave me, you know. <laughs> that blame game started way back then. Yeah. Way back cool. then, the blame game. So I really I I get excited when I think about her and I said, okay, she was my one of my bad girls. So mm-hmm. I really want people to read the book to see who the good girls are, who the bad girls are, and then who some of the ugly acting girls, you yes. know, just as well are. Yes, because we want we want to take the good, we want to eliminate the bad, and definitely completely take out the ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and ugly. Well, let me see. I had Sarah down here that I like too that you had in the book that first marital affair with Hagar and she instituted it. Now, really? Okay. Oh, we it was? Talk about her. But with yeah. that reality TV connection that you put in that we see today, you're absolutely right. So you brought it up to today's day and age. And you said, look, this is what we're seeing now. It mm-hmm. started back then. So those who think that the Bible is boring, you must really be reading it in black and white, but it has some stereophonic sound and some color in it. And we're using some of the same things today. So, mm, okay. So they, they've got to read about Sarah. They got to yeah. read about Sarah. I mean, you might Sarah. know the story, but you know, don't just stay there. Yeah. Look, you know, and I think I'm appreciative of the fact that you brought this extra dimension to the women that we see. They're not just for the time of old, mm-hmm. they're today as well. And if right. you are lining up on the wrong side, like on the Jezebel side. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh. A little ugly self. Lady yeah. J. Oh. We see, yeah, we see Jezebel today. And, you know, I think you identified 
the type of Jezebel woman now relies on their sexuality to oh, get yeah. what they want in exchange for power, prestige, or even some for some political gain. We are seeing influencers today. We are seeing young ladies just per, you know, parading around showing all of their goods that there leaves no mystery and no desire to want to know more because everything is exposed and everything is given away. And I, I you know, my heart goes out because I know they're wanting the acceptance. I know it's a self-esteem issue, mm-hmm. but our women are so valuable. They're such, such jewels that they shouldn't be sharing it the way that they are. And it kind of goes along with this Jezebel manipulative spirit that says, I'm trying to get you to do what I want you to do the way I want you to do it. And look at me. And it's sad. You know, we, we spend so much time in trying to encourage our young women to value themselves. I would love for you to speak to those women who are listening that kind of fall in this category right now to encourage them to motivate them our young girls are just they're needing that maternal i guess i would say influence i mean in titus the bible says that the older women are supposed to train the younger women and i really want to see us do some of that because it is just so different today it definitely is. And I think about the younger women and I think of my movies, I think of music mm-hmm. where how they're projected mm-hmm. and I'm going, oh my goodness. You know, I even look at how the bed scenes are twin beds, you know, and one bed and then the women, how they conduct themselves and it bothers me because they are, many of them are really beautiful, although many of them look like big cats to me with the eyelashes and things like that, because Jezebel was fine. I mean, but she was a treacherous, beautiful, strong, and she was a deceitful woman. Mm-hmm. And we've got some young ladies that are beautiful and they're very talented. And when I see them on some of the musical shows, I cringe. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how they're going to come out, you know, looking. And I'm hoping they're going to sing this song that I've probably listened to. And then what they might be wearing will totally deter me from even wanting to listen to the song because they're putting on those airs of showing, as you say, their goods, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so frustrating when I think about those other ladies that I, I shouldn't, uh, as my grandchildren say oh Gigi you're outdating yourself when I said well in our day you know (laughs) I said but old school does you know I have to really watch myself and I tried to use a lot of terminology even with saying some things you know about uh younger women I think I did it with Herodias and her daughter you know but it's just some things that bother me the where they project the Jezebel image And I'm so afraid that even when a woman who politically has done well, or even in an office, a Fortune 500 company, everybody wants to know, so who did she sleep with to get what she got? 
you know, and that bothers me that they would automatically think, mm -hmm. or if she's a very attractive woman, they automatically put her in the category of a Jezebel, yeah. you know, to say she had to do something that was uncommon, you know. You know, sometimes it, we, we talk a lot these days, especially with social media, we talk a lot about branding mm -hmm. and the younger generation today has to recognize that even as you're going for a job interview, they're looking at your social media page. They're oh, looking yeah. at whether or not you are, what, what image you are portraying. And if it does not match the culture of that particular company, you might not get the job. You might be extremely qualified, but because of the way you're presenting yourself, you know, um, it's deterred. But I am a big proponent of women coming together, not being jealous about another woman, not being petty, not you know trying to compete with them, but for us to come together and say, let me help adjust your crown. And right. that's kind of what I want us to do. You are a daughter of the king. You are a princess. And you should know that there's so much on the inside of you. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made that your soul is supposed to know right well. So self-care is important, but a self-image of knowing that I am God's child. And if it's something that I need, I don't have to get and beg a sugar daddy to get it for me. Mm -hmm. I can go to my father in heaven. He is the biggest sugar daddy that I could <laughs> ever want. And he can give me anything because a cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. Yeah. All of it is available. Girl, you you got me going on this. Yeah, hey, you and me both. <laughs> you know, we have to recognize it's not limited and I should not have to subject myself to being taken advantage of, to being used, uh, even as a prop, you know, like Salome, you know, I'm out there just, oh, yeah. I don't need to do all of that. <laughs> there is so much on the, we could talk here for days. I'm telling you, go get the book. Okay. You guys have got to get the book, but I want to hit this last one, Sapphira. Now, you know, oh. I had to hit Sapphira. No, this, this is your turf now. Hey, oh, Ananias and Sapphira is, yes. in, look, all the women are in the book, but Ananias and Sapphira, you guys know the story. Um, the power they, had, <laughs> they came together, they plotted together that they were not going to give all of the proceeds that they had from selling their property. And it needs to be said at the very beginning, they were not required to give a hundred percent. Right. That was up to them to decide. Mm -hmm. So they lied to the Holy Spirit. But here's one thing, because this deals with the financial side of the story. And you know, I'm big on women knowing their finances. <laughs> one, you should know the details. At least they talked about it. Husband, at least let her know, but sent her down the wrong path for sure. <laughs> okay, so women, you need to know the finances in your home. You need to know the details. Um, but don't let somebody else um, suggest to you that you mess with God's money. Because mm -hmm. I think that's bottom line in here. You cannot mess with God's money. He knows and he's going to take care of that. But she did know she was in on the proceeds and the transactions and all of that. Um, yeah. That part I thought was good that she did know there is that communication. But um, let's not mess up with the finances. Uh, one of my passions, of course, you know, 
Dr. Sharon, is in me talking about helping women who are at a major life crisis or a life uh, crossroads where right. they somebody else has been taking care of the finances before and now they're finding themselves in a position where they're just, you know, I don't know what to do. What to do. It's best to know ahead of time. And I know back in the day, mama used to say, you always have your own separate account. Now, I'm not going to tell you that that's always going to work best for a committed family relationship. But I also suggest, because I've been, I've been doing premarital counseling as well. I suggest that each have their own separate, you know, play money account that they can do so that you're not hiding it from anybody but you still know how money works. You know how the system works, learn about it. Um, yeah. But Safira teaches us that you can go down that wrong path yeah. when it comes to finances. Mm. And we do see some of that today as well. We see a lot of that today that we don't know. But we, you know, I, I can't belabor the point. I would really love to be here, but we talked about so many women already. I promise you there's a lot more that's in the book. Be honest. I've read most of it because I'm still deep diving <laughs> into the rest of it. I'm loving it. It's not written in, in a staunch shirt type of way. It's written in a way that's intriguing, inviting, makes you think about it, then makes you want to go back to the scripture so that you see what was happening at that time it gives you some of that detail that you might have missed out on um but i noticed that you also suggested that it's great for devotion as well and women can use it or men as well can use it as a devotional to inspire you to then want to go read more and to learn from the scripture don't just read for the sake of reading you want a relationship you want change to happen and so, Dr. Sharon, I am really appreciative of that, that personal devotion, this definitely works in that favor, too. Is there something else that, I mean, we could talk all day. I'm telling you, we could. But I want my readers and my listeners to get something out of this that they can take away. And I know we talked about Ruth, so we're going to say they're going to be committed. We talked about that, Jezebel, and we don't want to just show everything. We need to know our finances with Sapphira. We, we, don't, we don't encourage the marital affairs, okay? Right. All of those things. There is so much. There's a wealth of knowledge here. And you've taken the time to study. Is there anything that you would want to say that you really want them to get from this book, um, just going in, just from our conversation today? Is there anything that you want to leave with the audience? Well, the biggest thing is taking the time to read because so many of us, we have so many ways that we're occupying everything else. And then when you look at the time that it would take, and I know this personally, when I miss my devotion, my day don't go right. right. And how important it is. I don't care if it's five minutes, 10 minutes. That's why I mentioned in the book to just having like the daily bread, the upper room or any other daily devotional pieces. So many books out there that have day-by-day -day devotions and they're not very long. Right. How important that is just to get your day started. But I do encourage everyone to, when they wake up every morning, to always thank God for waking them up. 
And I really believe that some of the guidance in the book to just sharing about the stories will encourage them to want to read more. And to, as I tell some people, go check me out. It was my research, but you go check me out and see if I was on it or not. Right, and, right. And that's uh, what's really important. I went ahead and I got that audio book started. I also have it in Spanish because there's another community. So, and I've had several of the different Hispanic groups read it and they say, well, that's not the way you say that word. I said, well, y'all have to tell me because I wouldn't know, you know, <laughs> but it was just great to be able to have so many variations of it and to just see it expand like it has. I'm just so grateful. And I just encourage everyone, if you have a family member, uh, give it to them as a birthday gift. Yeah. Give it to them on Mother's Day. You know, just it's it's something that fits for all occasions. At Christmas, I just did a big organization uh, executive board of a group. She said, I want everybody on my board to have a book, you know, so it's here for you. So we just encourage you to read and you will be inspired. Okay. And so target audience would be anyone that's interested in knowing more about the Bible wanting a better commitment, a personal devotion. You can buy it as a gift, you know, so no one is excluded from this. And I'm going to encourage you to definitely go get it. The best place to get it is on Amazon. She's got the book, the ebook, the audio book, as well as it in Spanish. So, you know, there is no excuse. I'm going to even suggest book clubs. Or somebody else, you know, if you want to get together with someone, yeah. a group in doing a women's group would be able to do this as well. This would be awesome. So yes. I'm looking forward to others getting that. And I, I'm, I'm excited. One of the things that I always say is um, my passion is to help believers put feet to their faith. In other words, it's not just that I know what the word says, but I need to walk it out. The Bible says it this way, faith without works is, works dead. is dead. So don't just get the book and just read it for reading's sake. But I want you to put into practice those things that we really should do that is different. So yeah. I'm so thankful, Dr. Sharon, that you have an opportunity to, to sit down with me and I get to know you. Um, your heart is just so pure in wanting others to know more about what the word says and encouraging them to move forward. You truly are a soldier of the Lord. That part I really like. And again, for those who are on that financial side, check me out. I've got some financial books just available for you as well. But this, this episode, I should say, is all about Dr. Sharon Cannon. And I want you to go get her book, see what she has to offer. And I know you're going to be thrilled. So make sure you check out the show notes. Um, and I'm going to put all of, post all of her information there so that you can get in touch with her. You can buy the book. We'll put the links down below, but make sure that you do just that because it's going to benefit not only you, but your family members as well. So I'm excited. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharon, for being no, with me. No, thank you. Thank it you so much. It has been my pleasure. I'm Dr. Shanta Haynes and with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. And this is the Heart to Heart Truth podcast, as well as the YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And we look forward to speaking with you at the next episode. Put feet to your faith and have an absolutely fantastic rest of your day. You can find us online at h2htruth.com.
www.heartheartruthministries.org. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.